StreamYard's running at full capability today, baby. Guys, everybody, welcome into a Monday night buffoon and Bakken's. My name is Tanner Dawson of the Sports Buffoons and Whiskey Sports Podcast. And of course, let's talk sports. Join with me every Monday, Mr. Nick Bakken's of the One Year Bakken Show. That's right, baby. Uh, first of all, how is this? You know what? I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, you know, we had that. That was the best intro we've had, and this is our final show. Uh, you know, you kicked out the seventy porno music, and that was better. That was better. better. We for the last six months we've had porno music. You know, we've had everything else, and then you finally on the last episode, uh, you have you you put up the best intro. That's just things to come, baby. That's just things to come for this world that we're in. The Let's Talk Sports world. Yes, guys. Nick Bakkins is saying it is our last show of Buffoon and Bakkins. The final Monday of this show here. Uh, of course, we got the regular guests here. Jim Berenger, Jonathan Grishman. And we're going to have a blast with it. We're going to be all about it. There will be no show next Monday. Memorial Day. So please enjoy the barbecue that you're going to go out to. Enjoy family time or just simply relax and chill out. Have a beer, you know, whatever you want to do. So uh, I know I'll probably be doing all four of those things next Monday night. So uh, there is stuff to come, guys. We got announcements. I don't know if you caught on the Bakken show last week or last week, last, last night. night. The big show where there's like 10 of us out there. We're having a blast here. There was a major announcement made on this Let's Talk Sports Network including the sports buffoons, including the Bakken show, including the whiskey sports, AKA me, uh, and including a lot more of going on play. Uh, Nick, I don't know if you're able to pull that file up cause I'm not. So um, I can, I can, I wanted yeah. to make it like this big ordeal at first. Like I wanted that fake fight. I should have, we should have programmed that. And I was going to be like, I would be, you know, if we were going to break up, I would be Shawn Michaels and you would be Marty Jannetty. And I would just kick you right through the, uh, the, you know, the, the barbershop, but instead we've come and played nice already. So there goes that. Uh, let me pull up the, should we bring on our guests while I pull that up first? You know, let's bring on our guests guys. You know, him every Monday night, this guy, is going to be around for a bit. Don't you worry, Mr. Jim Berenger. Jim, what's up, dude? What is up, boys? What's going on here? Final final countdown before the new show. Final countdown, baby. We've got Memorial Day next week. we got a lot of hockey to discuss. A lot of stuff yeah. on the ice, but a lot of stuff off, off the ice, ice too. Oh, hint, hints. Hint, hints. Hint, hints. But don't you fear learning time with Jim. Is not going anywhere. Are we going to have Behringer bombs today? Is that what we're hearing? Uh, we might have some of that. We had a Behringer push, by the way, that's trademarked by Full Press Hockey. So, <laughs> Behringer push? Uh, Behringer push. Because, okay. well, though, well, Barkov got hurt tonight, so I don't know if it's a curse, but that's the injury ninja. That's somebody else. But prior to a games one of both the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals, I can go find them in my preview reports. I had said the key players to watch were Alexander Barkov for Florida. He has two goals in two games. And Jason Robertson for the Dallas Stars, who has two goals in two games. So, I'm just saying. They got Jim, a little nice bump. Is there something in the in the water in Miami? Because you got the Heat, who are the eight seed up 3-0 on Boston. And 
this the Miami about I call it Miami, but the Florida Panthers are up 2-0 on the Hurricanes, and they're the eighth seed. Is there just something down in the water in Miami? And uh, I'm more interested in the Heat, but tell us why this thing Panthers team is up 2-0. Look, Florida's you know look Toronto. They chanted we want Florida after. They beat Tampa. I don't know if they they I don't know if that was a good idea. Omen. I heard Boston chance in the in the Celtics series after they beat Philadelphia. Said bring on Miami. I was like, I don't know if you want to be doing that, putting that out in the world. Uh they're finding out the hard way that South Florida is, you know, here. I mean, now if the Dolphins could get going, look out. Um, but look, Florida's playing well. Look, Sergey Bobrovsky, you know, ever since he coming in the Boston series, you know, Boston fans don't want to hear this and but he's the reason that Florida got through, and Matthew Kachuk, obviously. But Bobrovsky's making the saves that he needs to make, and he shut down the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he's doing it again to the Carolina Hurricanes. And he's playing like a $10 million goalie. He's going on one of those runs that – that's why teams win Stanley Cups. I mean, like J.S. Shiger in 2003, though, again, sore subject because I'm a Devils fan, and I don't think he deserves the Counts my trophy. Um, that should have been uh, uh, Mr. Brodeur, uh, as you can see over my shoulder. But – but that's besides the point. But though that's the point. When you got a hot goalie, guys making saves like the other night in game two. Look, he makes a ridiculous save that he po- goes across nine times out of ten. That puck's going in the net, doesn't go off his blocker. Um, he, you know, he's not giving up three goals a game. The only team to get three goals by him was you know Boston. And look, you know Seth Jarvis, you know hits a post in game one in overtime, and then it goes three other overtimes. And then Matthew Kachuk with the celebration. Walking off, says, yeah, open the door, we're out of here. But Florida's playing a team game, and, you know, you got to give Matthew's father, Keith, credit for calling this team out in Toronto radio, calling him soft. Paul Maurice has gone off on his team. But that's the thing. They're learning how to win in the playoffs now. They're just not satisfied getting there, and that's the big difference. Very interesting there. Yeah, I mean, it's just, to me, I don't know, it's just insane, Nick, that we're, we're talking about the eight seats here completely beating – uh, a one seed or two seed technically with Carolina, I guess in Boston. So it's just, I, it's amazing. That's from the same area to me and they're doing it just like they should. Yeah. yeah two it, eight seeds from the same city beating the one seed and now beating the two seeds. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, look, Florida's got that 2012 LA Kings feel to it. Like, you know, the Kings weren't a true eight seed in the sense, like everybody knew they were better than what they were. Like, even in 2014 when they got in, too. Like, everybody knew they were, they were better than what they were. But they just, they for some reason, it didn't go well for them in the regular season. And don't forget, Florida was the President's Trophy team last year. And they got knocked out in the second round. And I think they learned from it. And they made a hard trade to get rid of Jonathan Huberto and bring in Matthew Kachuk. And he's been a difference maker for this team. And I pointed this out, you know, in other places, too. Kachuk last year with the Flames... He wanted to be more of an agitator. He can score, no doubt. But he was getting too physical, kind of getting off his own game. Now you have a guy like Sam Bennett there. Now his offensive ability takes over. Bennett's the one doing all the agitating. So it's crazy that two eight seeds. And technically, wasn't my and my buddy pointed this out to me. He's like, well, Miami started off as a seventh seed, but because of the playing round, they dropped to an eight seed. So yeah. it's like it's crazy the fact that, that what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, losing in the playing game, like usually that team's already – would be out, you know, and they, they're doing what they're doing right now with it. Um, so what about this uh, Golden Knights Dallas series? Because it's interesting to me. The Golden Knights won in overtime, put that up 2 0, but we saw the same thing, didn't we? Similar or a similar deal with Seattle in the Stars previous round. 
So I think Dallas, in a way, kind of has this feeling like, hey, we're not completely out of it yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Dallas is – I don't think either team's out of it. I mean, you lose a game in overtime, it's – you know, the puck you're goes close. either way. Yeah, yeah, you're close. I mean, Wyatt Johnson in game two had a chance to win it within the first 30 seconds of overtime, and he doesn't score. And then Carolina uh, – Carolina, Vegas goes down the other way and ends it. Um, look, Dallas defensively had some breakdowns in, in game two, and they played a boring hockey period in game three, and they tried to sit back on a one-goal lead, and it almost worked. For 55 minutes, it almost worked. And Jack Eichel makes a great pass to Jonathan Marshall still, and the game's tied, and we go to overtime. Uh, the other game, you know, Dallas, a couple mistakes here and there lead to Vegas, and there it is. But I didn't, they weren't out of it. And it's not like what Florida, right? Carolina outshot them in period one of game two, 20 to eight, and it was only one nothing. Hmm. Dallas is right there. And, and Ottinger, yeah, there's, he probably wants some goals back. You know, they're not getting to Aiden Hill, but Aiden Hill's playing well. Vegas defensively is a really good team. And I think Vegas is right now. You know, Florida's on that run that carries you to a Stanley Cup. Vegas, to me, is the best team. And it's a team that's flown under the radar the whole playoffs because. In every series they've been in, experts and others have picked the other team besides Vegas. I personally liked Vegas in this series just because of their depth, what they had, who they had on their team. And I think they're the most complete team left in the playoffs besides Florida. That's very true. Jim, uh, which team has a chance to come back from this down 2-0? Is it going to be the Canes or is it going to be the Stars? I mean, if the Canes are going to come back, they're going to have to solve Sergei Bobrovsky, and right now they're trailing one nothing after two periods of play. They definitely have to get more shots. I mean, they have 21 shots on goal, but Bobrovsky's playing on another level. I think Dallas has more of a chance to come back because, again, both games lost in overtime. You lose in Vegas. Vegas is a really good home team. Dallas is a really good home team. So, I mean, if they lose game three, all right, now we're, eh, we're talking. Uh, all right. Uh, but I think Dallas has a chance to make it a series. But I still, I'm still taking Vegas uh, in the Western Conference Final. You, you mentioned something on Twitter. I, I caught a brief of it. There's been like some marathon overtime games. Are people have a lot of backlash to that because we got rid of that during the regular season and we went to shootouts? Are people clamoring for shootouts in the playoffs, or how should we fix these uh, long overtime games? These these marathon overtime games are so rare, right? Some well, a hockey writer decided that he wanted to make you know make a statement and put something on Twitter. By the way, it was deleted, so that's what he probably thought of that. Um, but you know, I mean, look, if you're gonna say it, then just keep it out there and defend it, and just don't just don't delete it because you're getting crushed because everybody else in the hockey world is right. Um, but they're so rare. Like the last one was 2020 in the bubble when. Columbus and Tampa played five overtimes. Before that, you're going to the early, the later 2000s. Yeah, there have been some triple overtime games, sure. But there's no reason to change with like what the double IHF did in overtime where, you, where you're playing the signing a gold medal game three on three. There's no need for that after triple overtime. Just play the game. Um, and the, this is what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs unique. You, you can play into the early mornings or playing multiple overtimes. Like before the four overtime game, you know, Michael Amadio scored double overtime. He scored three minutes into double overtime for the, the Vegas Golden Knights to beat the Jets in game two. Other than that, the games of most overtimes are over within the first five to 10 minutes. 
and they're going home. And lately, it's been within the first minute and a half of a game, like the last couple overtime games. So it's not like we need to change anything. I know people on the East Coast, yeah, it stinks. Game starts at 8 o'clock. You're not going to bed till 2. Oh, well, that's the profession you chose. You're watching the game. Like, you're staying up. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. No doubt. It's tough. But you know what? It, it's what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs unique. You, you love – there's there's stories you can tell. Oh, yeah, I stayed up to watch this the Easter epic between uh, Washington and the Islanders. You know, you were there when so-and-so went five overtimes. And this happened. You remember this guy scoring Keith Primo, the marathon man. Like, you remember all these moments, like Peter Sikora in 2003 against Dallas. It five overtime game like the like they're so rare and they're so far and few between. But the ones that do happen, they're memorable and it, and people talk about them. That's very true. There, it's very that true. true. We we still, I, I still remember the uh, Syracuse UConn like seven overtime game in the Big East champion uh, Big East tournament. Yeah. Like, like that's ridiculous. Remember, yeah. yeah, yeah, so much fun. Like every sport, you know it. It yeah, does it drag on? Sure, but. That four overtime game wasn't sloppy either. It was still good hockey. So, mm -hmm. and people watched it. So that's the difference too. That's true. We got football talk, Bo out here. Bo, appreciate you chiming in here. Got to be careful putting that bulletin board material on playoff teams. Hey, not with Jim here. You know, what <laughs> the stuff he does. <laughs> I think he's referring to t Toronto and Boston. Yeah. Asking, yeah, that's asking, what it is. A asking about, oh, yo, we want Florida and, Bring on Miami, like uh, you know. Well, I think about that. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, how you feeling right now? Cool. Well, hey, let's uh switch to some off season going on in the play right now. There's some mm -hmm. news out there. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the Calgary Flames here, naming Craig Conroy general manager, promoting after nine years under traveling. What's this move like? What's it do for the Flames? And what what are we going to see up this upcoming year? So it's a great move by Calgary. I think. Craig Conroy was the leading candidate all along. They, you know, they looked at other people, but I think keeping it within the organization, a guy who's been there, he's been with the Flames, he played for the Flames. I think that's something that they wanted to do. Uh, you're seeing a more trend of that, guys. Guys, former players coming back, being GMs. You see it with Colorado, Joe Sackick has done it, Steve Eiserman, and, and he's worked his way through it. You know, he's not just being handed this without having experience. He has experience. And they're going to bring in Dave Nonis, too, who was a, a general manager in the league as well. He's going to get help. Then they're going to bring in Jerome Ginla. And so, you know, Ginla wants to get in the fray. And they're going to rebuild the Flames because everybody was not happy with the result this year. And it's like hot, when Ca Hockey Canada doesn't do well in the tournament, they got to have this summit, and they, they got to change a lot of things. I think the Calgary Flames are in for a busy offseason. Um, obviously, they need a new head coach. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they, they go after there. Um, I doubt it's going to be a retread. I would not be surprised if it's, I, you know, the, the big name out there is Alex Tangay. I would not be surprised if he's the name, the head coach of that team. I don't see Patrick Waugh just fitting into the model of what Calgary does. So, and then they're going to have to reshape that roster. Like they need to figure out who they are. They want to get faster. They want to play a faster style of game. I think Tang Tangay fits that. And now you got to, determine what you're going to do with your goaltending um, because Dustin Wolf is there and he's really good. And you have a six, uh, $6 million guy and Jacob Markstrom who can't stop the puck. So you have to figure out what you're going to do there. But Calgary's definitely going to be active this off season. There's a lot going on there and that could be part of the Maple Leafs 
push uh, as well because with the Maple Leafs losing Kyle Dubas, like we talked about last week, getting Craig promoted and signed is the huge key right now because Maple Leafs could have gone after him as well. Yeah. Oh, well, well, they they need to find somebody now after they got rid of Kyle Dubas uh, as the general manager. You know, we weren't he wasn't sure if he wanted to do it, and that's what it was weird because Friday was crazy because you get that three p.m. like they announced it like in the morning, mm -hmm. but then you had to wait to three o'clock for a press conference, and it's like that three three o'clock news dump on a Friday of a holiday weekend uh, in Canada, and it's yeah. weird because they you never get this information from that much information from teams outlining like what happened from August through now. And that there was definitely a power struggle. Guy wanted more money, but like any corporation, if you're in a contract negotiation, you want to renew your contract, you don't throw last minute details in like in the very last minute when you think you have a deal in place. And I think Brendan wanted him back. I think the Leafs wanted him back. I just don't know if he wanted to be back. And I think maybe back in August when they said they were going to wait and weren't going to sure about renewing his contract, I think he started to get the wheels in motion potentially to get out of there. They wanted him back. But the fact that like he sent an email and then the agent, just everything seems fishy. And I think he wanted out. And I think once Pittsburgh came involved because Fenway Sports owns that, he's buddy buddies with the Red Sox, I think he wants to go down to Pittsburgh. And I think – I would not be shocked if the Pittsburgh Penguins make the announcement that Kyle Dubas is the next general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though he said it was Toronto or bust. I think he was planning his exit route. I think he overplayed his hand. Shanahan called his bluff, and now he's out of a job. And now Toronto has to look and scramble to find a general manager um, because you know they want an experienced guy. But the problem is, is they have a chain of command, and a lot of the older guard wants all control. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch. And could this be the final year there for Brendan Shanahan too? Because, you know, nine years, one playoff win, you've gone through five general managers, probably Sheldon keeps going. The accountability now has to turn to the president, hockey operations. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year for Brendan Shanahan. It, it will be to see exactly where they go from there. If they can even get back to the second round at least, right? And be more competitive. Well, look, they have a lot to discuss because Austin Matthews no trade contract uh, clause, uh, no movement clause kicks in July one. They can't start negotiating until July one anyway. Uh, William Nylander, you know, Mitch Marner's no movement clause kicks in as well. You know, Mil William Nylander's coming up soon. They have to re-sign, you know, a bunch of players for their bottom six. Not only do they have to look at goaltending, they're going to have to move out Matt Murray somehow. Do you have a now who out of Tavares? Nylander, Marner, Matthews gets moved. If Matthews is staying, how much is he getting? Because if he goes over a certain amount, you think probably Toronto's going to try to trade him. Does he pull a Steven Stamkos and wait till next year to sign and have another another big year and get paid off of that? Look, Dubis was look. He made he went all in at the deadline this year. He made some great hockey trades. The problem is he gave all those guys what they wanted and it hurt the hockey club. And he, mm. he wasn't steadfast on drawing a line and be like, no, you can't get this. You are paid at this level and everybody's going to follow. Instead, everybody got what they want. He thought he was going to get what he wanted. And you saw what happens. Now they have to make the hard decision because we saw what Tampa did. Ryan McDonough got traded. That the, John Tavares can get traded. 
look, I know he's the captain. I know he wants to play there, but $11 million is not a center, and you're playing the guy $11 million to play the wing? Team might pick it up. Who knows? I mean, but they have a lot of questions this offseason. Yeah, they really do. Do you think uh, – so it looks like, you know, Elliot Friedman reported out that the Penguins were very close before Dubas was let go of signing a new GM. Um, do you think that's a, a true statement there, or are we just saying, hey, like, Dubas was the guy all along. They were just waiting for him to be let go. I mean, they were pretty far along in their process before this news was announced last week. So they were close to definitely getting a general manager in place because they have to get a new general manager and president of hockey operations. So yes. okay, yeah, You're right. So if they bring in Kyle Dubis, I you know, and there were reports beforehand that the Penguins wanted Dubis, but they and they finally got permission to speak to him. So I, I like I said before, I would not be shocked by the end of this week if the Pittsburgh Penguins do not make an announcement that he is the next general manager. Gotcha. So Nick and I last week, I believe it was last week, we were discussing after you left, like, hey, we got to pick a team next year, right? Like Nick's got to pick a team. I got to pick a team to even follow even closer to the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs as they come around. Now, here's an interesting take here. The Coyotes, right? The Coyotes just lost out on, uh, was it Tempe? Yes. Uh, They're not going to build a new stadium. Yeah. Right. They rejected it. They got a great stadium there uh, uh, right, uh, right inside Phoenix there, I think. I was right next to it. I walked right by it. I was out partying and drinking next to it. It looked great uh, on that. My brother's been many times, but, you know, they, they're just not wanting to give it up. Now there was it's confirmed no factual basis, but it sounds like a rogue uh, insider social media person said there was reported complaints to the NHLPA for the Coyotes as well. Now we're getting even deeper inside the clubhouse, the ownership, the general management. Uh, in the players, if this is the case. Now, they said no factual basis is what they came up with. But if there's anything remotely close to that, you got to think that, you know, Mahomes out here tweeting, you know, Kansas City Coyotes isn't that far away, right? Like, we're, we're talking over here, like, Whataburger's here. He's part owner of the Royals, and they, they're getting a downtown stadium. Uh, he's, you know, Super Bowl, of course. And he has a women's soccer team uh, with Brittany, the Casey Current. Like, you got to think. You gotta think this either the NBA or the NHL is gonna be calling Mahomes' name, saying, "Hey, you know, let, let, let's 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 talk." Look, I mean, uh, to the me, Kansas I, City Coyotes. Yeah, that's what Patrick I mean, Mahomes said. I mean, look to me, if um, if Ryan Reynolds is not a part of the National Hockey League, then or Snoop Dogg, then I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is gonna be. It's really an old boys club, uh, to be honest, and. Hey. Um, look, it's a great idea. Kansas City has a ready-made stadium. They've had preseason hockey games there before. Houston has a ready-made um, arena. That's if the owner wants to pay rent to the Houston Rockets owner, which I think is a more viable option. But hey, you know, see what they could play. Op- the, they could play the the Coyotes could play at the T-Mobile Center, right? Like they could play there. Yeah, yeah, we, they could play right there. across the street from Power and Lighting. That's a perfect spot. Yeah, they that's could play yeah. there. They could yeah, play that, there. That's what Mahomes' tweet said. It said Kansas Coyotes. Uh, it was like T-Mobile Center, and then he tagged T-Mobile Center in the in the NHL in the Coyotes into it. So, look uh, to me. I think look Tempe. The problem was with Tempe is you needed to get three referendums passed. It was an arena plus the entertainment plus all the stuff. 
if they got the arena done first, I'm not. I think that gets passed. But again, it's an older folks community and older folks taxpayers dollars. Then they're hey, not going to give like it to up. call that old whites is what we like to call that. So, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm just going to say that I don't think it was ever going to get passed. Look, there's options to move in with the Suns. They can do mm -hmm. that. They've heard they're going to. They may try to renovate the old America West Arena, where's the whatever it's called now. Um, where they played originally, it had a bad sight line that they could fix that up. They could go to Modesta, you know, looking at the mall, doing that thing. The fact of the matter that relocation is now an option for the National Hockey League for how many years people have been clamoring for it, for how many years Gary Bettman and the NHL has tried to keep this team in here, they are finally admitting that there's been some failure and they are going to have to, there's a year left for this team to play where they are now before they make a decision if they relocate. And they're going to be looking at options as of right now. They are looking at options. Look, they, the Coyotes have a year to play in Arizona State, and then they're leaving. Where, wherever they're going, they're going. Because uh, unless the new deal f keeps them in Arizona, they're going to Houston. They could go to Kansas City. They could go to Salt Lake. You know, the oh. governor of Connecticut is talking about bringing the Coyotes east potentially temporarily milwaukee? i heard milwaukee in the mix there's there's a lot of arenas that's a good question Wisconsin doesn't have a hockey team no they have the um, milwaukee admirals they have an ahl team AHL, I, that's, i'm talking about nhl jim like how come they don't <laughs> have a hockey team they, i think they did way back in the day like way back in the day oh cleveland did i know that um cleveland barons were a team and the houston arrows played and Look, I think Houston's the most likely destination just because it's Texas. It's a large TV market. They want the market there. And it's just never worked in Arizona, even if, during the Roanoke years. If I'm NHL, though, why would I want to go to Texas? I don't view Texas as a hockey state. Wouldn't you want to go to a place like People. Wisconsin, Connecticut, <laughs> like, you know, even Kansas? Are I guess, buy tickets. Yeah, but that, they said that they said that about the Dallas Stars and the Dallas Stars won a Stanley Cup, and they've been a very consistent hockey club. Yes, they may not make the pages all the time in the sports section, and maybe the fourth sport in Texas, but people will come. It might I, be the I, fifth sport besides after uh, high school football. Yeah, but you know what? The Dallas Stars are doing well, and Houston is – you know, Houston, you know, Texas, there's a lot of good hockey players from Texas, and I know it's a football state, but you know what? It's a no, it, it may be a novelty, but if the team is going to win and they have good pieces, Houston could be a good option. It's just a, it's an option that's on the table, and I think it's one of the leading candidates. I would prefer that over Atlanta because I think Atlanta has showed us that they can't hold a hockey team anymore, 0-2. So uh, I would take Houston or Kansas City, in my opinion, uh, over any of the other options just because I, I like it. Um, and just where it's located and the rivalries that could be happening. And look, there's a major impact too, because now that the vote happened, Logan Cooley, who was their number one draft pick last year, is staying in college for another year to play in Minnesota. Like that's a huge mm -hmm. ramification because he was most likely playing this year for the Coyotes. And now he's not. Hmm. Wow. Do they still own the rights to him then? And then, or, and they then when still he's done? own the right. Yeah. So they still own the rights to him because he hasn't signed his ELC. 
But if this thing drags on and there's no permanent solution, that doesn't mean he they won't lose his rights because we've seen it before. Wow, that's gonna be interesting. So there are ramifications for not getting an arena deal in place. Hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. I actually did not know that. It was kind of like that. And you were oh yeah, that. yeah. I mean, look, there's been guys like Kerfoot didn't sign uh, in New Jersey. He ended up signing in Colorado because he didn't want to play there. Butcher was drafted by Colorado but signed in New Jersey because he didn't want to be there. VC started. Like guys have done it. They've just played out their college years and, and let their draft rights play out, and then they become unrestricted free agents. Gotcha. All right. So before we get to the comments here, because we got some comments around in our in our trailer, we're gonna drop here. Uh, Jim, do we have any? Do we have any big news? We got anything else we gotta look for? Um. So New Jersey's definitely uh, in the in the market for a goaltender. I've uh, been talking with some people. Exploratory talks about Connor Hellebuck uh, from Winnipeg. New Jersey is definitely exploring the options to upgrade their goaltending. I would not be surprised if, uh, let's just say, Jesper Bratt's name is also involved in these trade talks because of the contract that he may or may not want. Uh, he's looking around Jack Hughes' money. I don't think the team wants to sign him for that. They want him to get in around $6.57 million. And, you know, that's where they believe that he should be paid. That's the framework of the deal. And Tom Fitzgerald has said that, hey, even though we don't have a first-round pick, doesn't mean we can't get one. So, and that was implying to about Jesper Bratt because look, if he gets offer sheeted, which the team may do, the Devils are going to get a first round pick for him. So, hey. Oh, okay. Something to watch for then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good to hear. All right. Let's get some of these comments here, real quick here. We got two full here. Fellers. What's up, two full? Yo, I fell a tour, baby. He says, bring back the Whalers. <laughs> Oh, man, dude, the Whalers back in Hartford, man, Brass Bonanza, that was great. I mean, I know they played in a mall, but still. Uh, Scott says, will Hartford ever get a franchise again? <sighs> man, I think they might be on the low end of things like with Quebec City. As much as everybody wants the, the Hartford franchise to come back in the NHL, I mean, it'd be great just because of the geographics, um, because you have Hartford bought, because that's when Hartford came in. You know, you had the Boston, you know, the, the New England Whalers. They were rivals with Boston. You had Montreal, Buffalo. Like that region is so good for for hockey. Uh, it would be great, but I I don't see it right now. Okay, no, that's fair. All right, and Scott here. As we get closer to the trailer here, before Jim Jets here, Scott says, "Hey guys, want to thank you for all the laughs. Enjoy the show. It's given my Monday nights. It's been awesome to be on it and to fill in when needed." You too, along with Jim and Jonathan, are best around. Appreciate you, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Awesome, for what's thanks, Scott, on. man. All right, let's do this trailer here, then we'll get Jim out of here. All right, here we go, boys. Hopefully it works. Hang on. Yeah, I got it loaded up. Can you see it, Tanner? It, I can't right, see oh, it. There it goes. <laughs> do you see it? Oh, oh, it says it's on the stream. It says remove. I don't want to Jim, remove. do you see it? I don't see it. I don't see, it. Do it. I don't this, see anything. This is All great. Right. Tell, this is great entertainment right now. Isn't that how exactly. well it went yesterday? Yes, yeah, last night. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if it'll let me. Hold on. Yesterday I had to save the day, so I'm trying to save the day again. Now, let right. me share today. Oh shoot! Well, I got a better. Uh, wait, I hear it. Wait, wait! Don't touch it, Nick. All right. It says it's on the stream. It is. It is. Hang on. Hang on. 
Uh oh. Is it playing? It ain't playing on mine. Mine it says it's loading. Hold on, I gotta I can do this something else real quick. Okay. <laughs> I might have to I don't know why it won't let me share today. It's uh yeah, it's definitely being finicky. Uh StreamYard is. And on and on. Hey, no, hey, no, sorry, Jim. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. There it goes. Oh boy. Uh, hey, no, take take it down. Take it down. All right. Take it down. All right. All right. All right. Let me let me let me take care of this real quick here. Oh, we got there. Panthers still lead one nothing. Everybody, you got any more hockey questions? Yeah, still one nothing. Start of the third period, uh, pressuring uh, Carolina, pressuring as they've been doing for most of the 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 game since being down one nothing. Uh, if anybody's got more any comments, any more questions, send them my way right now. Okay. In the NBA world, uh, LeBron had thirty one at the half, and the Lakers are up seventy three fifty eight at the half. Oh wow. All right, I don't know if you're going to hear the music, um, but we're going to play it here for you. At least you can see everything. Next time I'll make sure I get the file down in less than about a minute. <laughs> uh, June 5th, everybody. That is the date to watch for. That is a week from next Monday of Memorial Day. We got a lot to talk about here for a minute here. We are going to be on Monday nights, guys. It'll still be the same Jim Beringer and Jonathan Grishman shows that we always go about. There's going to be a couple more people going around in a different kind of format as well from 8 Central, 9 Eastern to 10 uh, 10 p.m. Central, 11 Eastern. Uh, you will find us with a couple guests 
on Mondays and Thursday nights and then on Sunday morning. So there's there's going to be a lot of blasts. We're going to have a lot of fun there, lots of cool guests, uh, lots of things to talk about as well. Uh, we'll have some graphics. We'll have some a whole bunch of stuff going on. So really excited to do this here. This starts June 5th, a week from next Monday, two weeks from today. So super excited for it. The Let's Talk Sports Show is going to be official here very shortly. So we're not going I can't anywhere. wait. I can't wait. I'm I'm excited. More people that can learn from me. Yes. So that's yes. even better. I yo, Johnny Cruz, he's a man. Scott, mm-hmm. awesome. Mr. First Down. I met him a couple weeks ago. Cool dude. Look, that's right. it all these guys, you know, this this community's growing and guess what? It's gonna just be the same fun and awesomeness that is. That's us. right, buddy. That's right. Amen to that. Five seconds, baby. Jim, we shouted you out on my show last night, uh, me and Tanner, because we, we've been doing this show almost exactly a year, uh, a little, little less than a year. And I said, man, I've learned more uh, in the last year about hockey than I ever have in the last uh, 35 years previous of my life. So uh, right there you know, with shout out to you, my my man. So uh, appreciate it. it is- for you, we wouldn't be talking like every week with you. All no, it's true. It's true. I mean, that, that was cool. Yeah, the great, the great shout out. You have Dan set everything up pretty much. You got we hooked all up right. and we came on. It's been a staple since. And you know what? I'm just glad to be here on Monday nights. That's right. Man. We appreciate it, Jim. Before you get out of here, uh, MJF keeping the strap at AEW Revolution or what's the what's your what well, do you think? Well, well, time. First of all, it's not Revolution that passed. Anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, it's double or nothing. Double or nothing. You're right. And he's keeping the strap. All right. He's keeping the strap at double or nothing. Sunday pay-per-view, check it out. It's going to be good. I'm a fan of it. I can't wait, and uh, we're going to see where it goes. But, Favorite match you're looking forward to? Um, ooh. You know what? I want to say the Four Pillars match. Yeah, the, 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 the World Championship. Match. Yeah, the title, the title match. I actually want to see who the opponents are for Orange Cassidy's title, too, but um, – That'll be good. Oh, uh, what was that last comment? Wait a minute. I, I, uh, I was, was going to pull it up after you talked. Tufel said he really appreciates the NHL coverage, especially with someone as knowledgeable and passionate as you. So oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, thanks. This has been a while. It's been a fun ride. I uh, can't, can't wait to continue it. Uh, blessed, honored. Uh, like I said to you guys off air, it's the best way to finish the week. So uh, finish the Monday, actually, I should say, That's and right. start the week. Best way to finish a Monday, start the week with you guys, and I can't wait to be back here June 5th. Hey, we're hey happy, we'll see you then, Jim. Appreciate it, brother. Join us, man. Hey, enjoy your night. Have a good week. Have a good holiday weekend, and we'll catch you June 5th. Absolutely. And maybe by that time, we talk a Stanley Cup final. I think hey. we might be. <laughs> I think we might be talking Stanley Cup final. So, right, man. guys, enjoy, uh, and have a great rest of your night, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. See you, Jim. See you, Jim. Peace out, guys. Jim Beringer, everybody, at Jim Beringer on Twitter. If you want to catch him, he drops all of his stats out there, all of the recaps. He gives you all the news you need to know of that day of these matches. So at Jim Beringer, go follow him on Twitter. Great guy, great way, and he does some great shows. So Nuggets pulled it in within one with six uh, six minutes to go in the third, 78-79. You know what? 
I wonder. So Scott out here, real quick here, says uh, Tanner couldn't get the seventy music checks on there. Nah, dude, I couldn't get seventy music checks. It didn't work out the way theme sports college sportcast. Hey, appreciate you hopping on. Is this thing on? Yeah, we have a little issues uploading our files. So all you got to see was video, but I got to hear the music on that. But you know, it was funny. Uh, you know, with Scott, uh, we talked betting a lot too. And uh, you know, it's uh I threw down plus two twenty on Denver after the first quarter when Lakers were up big. I only threw out like ten bucks, but I mean I still win like 30 or something like that. So we'll see what happens here. If they can pull it out. Uh, I also had them at plus three and a half before the game uh, as well. So I think Denver is still the more complete team. I, you know, I don't think it's any, any fault to LeBron, any fault to AD. You just ran into a freaking powerhouse of a freaking roster. It is, right yeah. They're just deeper and better. I mean, Jokic yeah. right now might be the best player in the NBA. You, you uh, ran, you ran into a brick wall essentially is what it is. I you think know? LeBron, you, I, me and Kenny was talking about this uh, earlier too. Is like, uh, I, you just see like LeBron is not being quite that leader in the huddle. I think he's defeated. I think he looks at that team and knows he's been around twenty years. You know what I mean? In this game, twenty years, he knows when a team is just going to be better than him. Yeah, and I think like what KD said, right? Well, KD yeah. said at the press conference against Denver, and when they asked him about Joker, and he's like. Guys, a freaking animal. I don't. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, <laughs> you they're know, just better than. Shape. They're just the better team. Like, yeah, you just run into a brick wall like that. You know, like I said, no fault to LeBron. You know, he's been through these kind of ways too. These matches, Golden State. You know that one year uh, where uh, what's his phrase? Uh, the the guy that ended up getting the rebound and dribbled off instead of just putting it up for the Jr. Smith. JR yeah, Jr. Smith. Like you, you can see the defeat in him that yeah. time too because it was like they, they had to go to overtime and he's just like like come on man like we got a we, chance yeah gotta be here right and yeah. it's not even that this time it's it's legit you just ran into a brick wall of a team right now that is playing out of their minds and help yeah jokic looks like he's the best player on the planet right now he does. Uh, i mean this he does and it's so great uh, cause he does things that you're just like, he's a big, it's, he's, he does things back to the basket. He can hit the three and then he can find, you try to double him. I don't know how you defend him because if you double him, he's so good, such a great passer. Uh, he can find his guys wide open and then they're just guys like oh. KCP, Codwell, uh, Pope yeah. is just wide open for threes and they're drilling them. Jamal Murray has been absolutely fantastic. He's been the perfect, uh, you know, kind of the Robin. Sometimes he's even the Batman. You look at game three and uh, at the end of game two, like Jamal Murray was cooking. Uh, this this Nuggets team, I'm, I'm, I want the Heat to win it all, but you just look at that. If at that Nuggets and Heat, which it looks like it's going to be, I mean, I, I just don't see a path for the Heat to win. Well, we didn't see a path for the Heat to win from from – Round one. You're that. You're, yeah, you're right. Them, right. We didn't see a path from so, week. From, like, you know, what I had them beating the Knicks. I didn't have them beating the Bucks in the round one, and I didn't have them beating the Celtics this Not round. Like this. Not like no. this. You no. Know? The Celtics, they quit. They they absolutely quit. Uh, sorry, Scott, it. but they absolutely quit. Uh, well, he knows it. Yeah. Let me ask you this because this team has been together now that it's yeah. their third head coach. We can uh, track the sync up. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it, it's their third coach. You know, they had Brad Stevens and they had a Duque. And now this, uh, what's his name? Manzola. It, 
should they blow that team up? It's been the same core. It's been Marcus Smart. It's been uh, Jason Tatum. It's been Jalen Brown. Like they've, you know, they've added little piece here, there, uh, you know, but for the most essential pieces, like that team's been together. Yeah, but, but they thought they, they had to get over their own hump. I, I think, I think if you had, you was it Udoka or whatever, uh, I, I, you know, in this place here. I don't think you're going to be down what you're down right now. I don't think you're going to get to give up as it is. You know, we, we all talked about the season, you know, a lot of people talked about like, Oh yeah, well we, we replaced that coach already. Right. This coach is just as great as our suspended coach. And everything like that. Well, you're now you're in the playoffs and well, we've seen the struggles they've had with the, the Celtics have struggled all playoff long. And that's not necessarily a Tatum issue. It is a little bit of a Tatum, but it's not necessarily a Tatum issue. It's not necessarily uh, you know, a Brown issue. It's not a player's issue. It's really a leadership issue. And it starts with the head coach of Missoula. Missoula. Yeah, sure. He's, you know, he's done a great job for what he's got, but he also added on Brogdon. He added on Derek White. He's got a, you know, healthy round there. Al Horford's a great leader there. Robert Williams has played great. Like, I don't, I don't think you see the same results you're seeing now with Udoka. I don't well, like bringing he, back in. Here's my question. Who's leading this team? Like that, right? That's what I'm who's, saying. Lead, who's the leader? We know who on the other side of the foot on I said football, other side of the court, the other team. We know who their leader is. Mm-hmm. You look in the Western Conference, we know who the Nuggets leader is. We know who the Lakers leader is. Who who's leading the Celtics? Who's their leader? Like who's who's grabbing them and saying, Hey, we ain't in going down like this. Like we're not quitters. You think if the if the if the shoe was on the other foot, you think Jimmy is letting the heat get blown out like that and quitting oh. on their coach? Absolutely not. Absolutely. You know, we we saw that too with Jimmy in the 76ers organization. We saw that Jimmy's leadership like that with Minnesota, who hated him. Absolutely the players just did not like his work ethic cuz it was too much. It was too much for them and they did not like it. He's in the heat and we saw that there. There's no, I, there's only one guy on the roster right now. I believe that's is speaking up, and it's the vet Al Horford, but he's not that big of a voice anymore. It's not that big of a voice like he, and he you know, can't he do it like, physically yeah. anymore either. Yeah, he, he's he's not he's not Tatum's ability right now. He's not you know that young and talented anymore. But he is a vet presence, and I guarantee you right now, Horford is the one, you know, trying to rally, you know, get everybody put the leadership in. But there's also a difference of Horford and Tatum doing it, Horford and Brown doing it. Uh, to this team here. So I look, man, I it's, it's all leadership. It goes to the coach and it goes to Tatum and it goes to Brown uh, all on this. Uh, once the series is lost. So, I, well, before we came on air, I was watching a little bit of the pregame and um, Woj was saying on ESPN <laughs> that pretty much like this team did not want a Duque fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't uh, want him. You know, they wanted a Duque to come back and they didn't want Mazula there. Or not that they didn't want him there. They just didn't they didn't felt they felt like it wasn't that big a deal. Like it was the HR situation. Uh you suspended for a little bit and then yeah. you know, you bring them you bring them back. It wasn't a fireable offense. Let's just say that. You know, I th- I don't think so, at least from what I heard. Um sounded like it was all mutual in a way too. It was just more of a interchange of with within the within the organization yeah but, i mean the players yeah the players don't want to lose him well you know if you if you're telling me right now that you know tatum and brown and all that robert williams is like oh yeah well we're, we're just as great as with missoula 
there's a difference there. There's there's a little bit of a difference of the leadership styles there, you know. And speaking of which, you know, he went to Houston, and there's this guy out here, you know, Jalen Brown, kind of wants to possibly leave Boston due to some, you know, racist stuff that's going on there. And so why wouldn't why wouldn't he go to Houston? Rejoin yeah. his coach. Speaking of Houston, they they it's reported that James Harden wants to go back. Some of their players don't want James Harden. And I've I've seen a thing where James Harden they think James Harden get four years two hundred million. There is no way if I'm a GM and James Harden says I want four years two hundred million that I'm signing him. Uh, after what that you- last game, after that last game we saw, no, not a chance, no chance. Like sure, if you would have stopped at that thirty point game two or whatever it was, and then you know that was your final game and you want sure I might think about it, but after that last game's performance. I, I ain't giving you that. I ain't giving you that. I wouldn't uh, have given that and before he, at all. Like he God, just would, he's would never done Brad, anything. Would Brad Stevens is trying to angle his way back into the coaching job? Uh, next, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Brad Stevens had his had his fair share with the coaching stint with the Celtics. I think he's done. I think he's enjoying the management side of things, and now he's looking at a new challenge. Of hey, I might have to rebuild a roster again this off season. Like he did last last year with White and Brogdon coming into play too, uh, on that. Uh, we got Kale, Kale. What's up, man? Last show. What's this nonsense about, sirs? Look, we got well, We got a new show, Kale. Kale. We're we not. We can't play show, the video because it all jacked up and it takes too long. Yeah, but uh, well, new show, show. Yeah, new bigger show coming June fifth. June fifth. Same. This thirty minutes earlier. Thirty minutes earlier. That's all you got to know. Show up 30 minutes earlier. We have a big, big time coming into play. It's going to be a blast. Same guest, Jim and Jonathan, on Monday nights. We'll be also live Thursday with that same show with different guests and Sunday mornings, guys. So uh, if you want to watch the trailer, go to Let's Talk Sports YouTube channel. It's on there uh, for, for you guys to watch. So make sure you guys go check it out because it's uh, it's going to be awesome. New show, uh, new, just bigger show, revamped. You know, with all things, we're at the uh, one-year mark, so we uh, you have to assess and then keep growing. So uh, that's exactly what we're doing around here at LTS, baby. That's right. You know, it's just a year too. You know, it's crazy to think that we've been here a year, but we're we're now we're now we're improving. Look at this. We got a new layout. I got a new intro, and I'm just gonna now we're about to get really going. It'll play as I'm uh, getting a little better about this whole you know, creation deal. Uh, what do you say? Harden chokes constantly in the playoffs. I wouldn't pay him a red cent. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I he agree. It. What has he done for you lately? You know what I mean? Like what's, this is a win now league. And I, if Harden is your number one guy, you're not going to win. You're not going to go very far. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to go very far. Would you rather have Russell Westbrook or James Harden? I'm very excited. Who? Russell Westbrook or James Harden? Probably James Harden. Um, really? Yeah. Give me Russ. I would take Russ. Russ gives you everything because he has. He he gives you everything you have, but everything also he has shown, every night. It also shows that James Harden can lead you further than Russell Westbrook. Russ has got to the Western Conference Finals with Kevin Durant. Yeah, but I mean, I would take what Westbrook is a playmaker. He can. He, didn't I, Harden didn't Harden get to the Western Conference Finals with uh, injured Chris, Chris Paul? Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah, injured bum Chris Paul. 
yeah, yeah. I, I i would still probably take Harden right now uh but i like what like if i'm a fan and i'm not worried about like going to the playoffs or championship i'm taking westbrook all day he's one of my I, favorites I, to watch as a coach i want russell westbrook i don't want no parts of james harden at all <laughs> that's true you don't want that drama because all it takes is one little thing to go sour and it's over it's over for you you know, Russ, Russ never, for all the time in L.A., he never complained, never, never sat out, never got fat and overweight, never. He showed up to play every day and played his butt off every day. We can't say that about James Harden. Look what he did at the end of Houston. Look what he did in Brooklyn. It's true. Yeah, I mean, that's all it takes is the one little thing to go wrong for him, and it's over. And then you're not going to get the same thing. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready for this? I think we're ready. I think we're ready for this. Guys, let's bring him in. One last time to the buffoon and Bakkins. Again, we're not going anywhere. We're just renaming. It's, it's redoing some stuff. time, Jonathan doesn't know about this either. One last time with the buffoon and Bakkins. Mr. Jonathan Grishman. Jonathan, what's up, dude? Hey, y'all dropping uh y'all dropping some bombs on me right now? I didn't you know, <laughs> I didn't even know nothing. bombs on a lot of people. What is, what is, man, like I'm I'm got, got me off guard right now. I'm, 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 part, I'm, I'm part of history at the moment. Last last buffoon and Botkin show. Last buffoon last, show. Last ever. We ahead, are revamping just like you know when dynasties uh happened jonathan like the braves in the 90s and the yankees sometimes you got to you know reassess how can we get better and bigger and continue the success so we looked around and we pointed out some prospects out there we we surveyed the land uh we did some scouting on who we could bring in who would be a good fit for us what can we do to make our team bigger and better and uh that's what we did so you know now we're ready to go like we won the first chip and now we got to we're looking around saying hey we got to keep this thing going baby we got to get bigger and better because you know competition's breathing down our neck so we we surveyed the land we did some good scouting and uh we're ready to go uh bigger and better uh coming up june 5th hey you got me you got me fired up now man you're not going anywhere you're still here on monday nights with us you will still be with us here there are just going to be a few more people added on and a little bit a little uh different shape of templates here going on so it's going to be fun though i'm looking forward to it now it's gonna be fun now no show next week right so we're getting ready for the for the june 5th premiere show that we're gonna have a blast with so uh just fyi all there so it's gonna be fun, John. I promise, John. It'll, right. be good. It'll be good. I'm all in. Let's go. We, we promise we're still talking baseball with you every Monday. That's night. right. It's still, don't worry. <laughs> and and we'll talk about Derek Carr during the season. You know. Yeah, right. we're still it's talking your crappy Saints and you know, hopefully your cheating ass LSU Tigers and women's basketball oh. and Whoa. if they can turn it around and if you know Kelly can do yeah. crazy things Nick, in the NBC country and. You know, down there in the bayou and all that stuff. It's fake ass Chip Kelly's accent and everything else. Is that Chip Kelly? Whatever his name is. Is that his name? No, that's not his name. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly. Who's Chip Kelly? 
Chip he was the, he was the old Oregon coach. Yeah, ah, that's right. Yeah, Brian Kelly, play. Chip Kelly, they both got fake ass accents uh, trying to recruit kids. Hey, look, oh, look, you go and drink the Kool Aid, but the Kool Aid's gonna be some swamp water. I'm gonna send you some swamp water. When I go down to Louisiana for a tournament here in a few in, a, in about a month. I'm gonna send you some swamp water that you can kind of cool down a little bit. All right, you got you, you go to jail. <laughs> You gotta get the sudden chill in right now. If this is it's supposed to be happy times right now, you're gonna you trying to you trying to drown us right now. Nah, hey, get you some swamp water. I'm gonna send you some swamp water from, from Lafayette. All right. Cool out, enjoy, and just smile. Enjoy the good times down south, baby. That's <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk before we get into baseball here. Jonathan, how was the weekend, dude? Weekend was good. I, I'm exhausted actually right now. We, we had a, our 14U team competed, and they finished third place uh, uh, over the weekend uh, out of 16 teams. So they had a long day, uh, and I had to go watch them, help them, and then go coach my 16-18U scrimmage. Uh, I think went and went went back and watched them play. We uh, long day on Sunday from nine in the morning. Didn't leave the ballpark till 11:30 at night. You know, so I mean, yeah, long long day. And it was some good games, some very good games on both both sides of the teams that we you – know, for us and the teams that we played against. Uh, had a walk-off home run, actually, uh, that got us to the semis uh, wow. as well. So, very yeah. good. 4-2 ball game, you know, 4-1, scored, uh, scored on a on a single, made it, uh, made it 4-2, runners on uh, second and third, in a, uh, a pass ball ended up happening, got the runners over to second and third. And my girl was just sitting on a fastball and was able to put it over center field fence for a walk-off. So, yeah, center uh, field too. Center dead, dead red. Hey, hey, she knew it too. Like the the video I posted, I put it on Twitter and Facebook. You can see a little stuff. And I, I I'll give you I'll give you this one here, Nick. She got a little Sammy Sosa hop to it when the she. Hey, made. that's what I'm she talking about. It's gone. She knew it too. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun this weekend. It was, you know, we, we had some bad weather, kind of threw schedules out a little bit for uh, my younger teams. Uh, the the Texas weather sucks. You know, and then we've been dealing with rain just about every week, and now it's about to be 100 degrees here starting in uh, next week. So it's just what it is. But you know, we got to still play. Uh, the boys had some good games this weekend. They played well. Uh, but the girls in the 14U, they, I mean, they they showed out this weekend. Five and two on the weekend with seven seven total games they played uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, and they they were they were just out. They were tired. It was a, it's a, that's a long day getting done at, at you know, yeah, playing at 10 o'clock and. You know, leaving the ballpark at eleven thirty. Yeah, that that was rough. So, but very proud. Very, I mean, good. Like I said ball, good ball games. It was just fun. It was fun to watch. I saw you had a kid fit first uh, fifty strike kid to get fifty strikeouts in the academy. Yep. Yeah, on our baseball right. team, our baseball team is not as it's not been around as long as the softball side. We've had teams here and there, uh, but he we had a, a kid. You know, he reached our fifty strikeout club. Uh, he's my first one on the baseball side. Have had that. We have. We we had a, quite a few on the girls side, just because again it's been five years, almost five years. June first, actually, June first is our uh, is our uh, our birth year for Alpha. It would be our anniversary of when I started it. Uh, so we're we're approaching we're approaching to start our fifth year here soon. But for the yeah, we had a very big accomplishment to be able to have our first fifty uh, fifty strikeout pitcher uh, that happened this weekend on Sunday. He was able to achieve it with uh, striking out the side one two three and was able to hit we'll be able to hit it on that. So. Uh, it was very, really good. Very, very proud of it uh, as well. I've been working with him for the last few months on 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 his pitching, and he's come a long way in just a few months. I've been able to get, uh, kind of do some work. So, uh, very, very happy and very proud of that opportunity. I know there's more coming right behind him. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Awesome. I love it. I love hearing that stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, we got Kale out here. He's asking. Speaking of Jonathan, 
Who do you got winning the College World Series? Are you really going to ask him this, Kale? I don't know why you're asking him. But I, hey, you know what, Jonathan, I'll let you answer. Who do I want? I'm born and raised as an LSU fan, and they've been the better team throughout the country uh, throughout the season. I'm nervous about LSU now, though, because of the, uh, the, the the bullpen has been taking a lot of hits. We've had three guys this year in, uh, in the LSU's bullpen that's uh, down with Tommy John, which is that's that's tough. And so offensively, they are the best team in the country and with, with guys like Dylan Cruz going to be the number one pick in this year's draft. Tommy White, he'll be a top five pick next year's draft. Uh, he's a sophomore right now, power hitter. Uh you know, you've got a lot of guys. Trey Morgan's going to be uh, probably a top five round pick this year, probably a top three three round pick. Uh, Jordan Thompson's going to get drafted probably this year as well. So there's a lot of talent on the offensive side uh, of the uh, on the lineup card. Pitcher, you have the best pitcher in the country, Paul Skeens, but he can't pitch every every day. So the the depth of the pitching staff for LSU has me very nervous going into SEC tournament and when the NCAA tournament starts up right after that. Uh, but uh, so who do I want? LSU, uh, go Tigers. Uh, but I'm very nervous now. If you would have asked me this a month ago, I would 100% confident they were going to run. They, they would run the table. I'm nervous now just because of our pitching depth is has really taken a huge hit over the last few weeks. Here we go. Here we go. Here's your rifle right here, Kale Cars. It's WPS baby. LSU who? <laughs> it's an absolute joke that week is number one. They have a light schedule. That is kind of surprising, though, that you have a, a Wake Forest at one there in Florida, two. You would think Florida would be two at least, uh, along with Arkansas, then LSU over Stanford and Wake Forest. But, you know, it's called, it's, it's called World Series. You never know what the seasons are really going to be in the end. It is, and, and uh, look, hats off to Wake. They're at, they're a really good team, uh, and, I, and yeah, their strength of schedule's probably been it's been rough. Uh, it's not as is not as as uh, talent laden as the SEC schools and what they play year year, year every year. But that doesn't uh, don't take anything away from Wake Forest. That is a good ball team. They're you know, and they've done what they're supposed to do, and they go win ball games uh, left and right as as they have. That's you know, talent is there. Uh, they're a dangerous team. They're going to be a very dangerous team in, uh, in the ACC tournament as well as the NCAA tournament. They're 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 sneaky. That's the one thing about it. You know, I would have thought Wake Forest, and, and they've had moments of being a good teams in the past. They are they put it together this year, and they had a lot. You know, adding some transfer portal. They hit the transfer portal hard this uh this off season to have the players that they've been able to get. So they're a sneaky team, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run in the NCAA tournament. Kale is an interesting one here. Florida, Arkansas, LSU, top three interchangeable. Wake is well put together and a well-coached team. I don't think they have the depth. That's going to be interesting because I look, this is one of the, the, I think one of the bright spots for me in college baseball is this big tournament, college world series stuff going in. And I, this is where I like it. Cause it's all where all the drama happens, all the drama. I mean, you have drama through the season, but the main drama that I'm loving this is, is going to be right here. Cause you got the coastal Carolinas, you got the, the West Virginias that aren't usually in this, uh, you know, even uh, Kentucky made it this year. What? 25th last yeah. dead last Kentucky Kentucky they are the very small ball team that they you know they weren't able to really they're going to be a team that's going to struggle when they face an offensive team you know they again using LSU as an example Arkansas was a good team as well that that scored a lot of runs you put a team that's that ha, that makes Kentucky have to out slug they can't do it that they, they take they play small ball a lot of still a lot of stolen bases <laughs> runs, uh moving runners over 
But you know, when you try to you, you make them have to outslug you, they they can't. And that's gonna be the that's gonna be the thing with with the NCAA tournament. And I love so much is you do have a cross of teams that are just that are in in the uh, regionals that with you, and and you have to really strategize because you don't know these teams. You don't know who they are. You, you, you don't never, know Campbell. You don't know Dallas. No, East so Carolina. Being, you know. Yeah, so it, 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 it the matchups of it is really intriguing. It's really fun to watch and see. And again, I go back to years ago. You said Coastal Carolina, and they upset at LSU in Alex Box Stadium. You know that, that was that's something that's something that doesn't happen very often. And a small school like Coastal Carolina goes in there and does it. Uh, that that's that, that that that's exciting. And again, as much as it may, it hurts my heart, but it, it's it, for my college baseball fandom. I love it because that's that's what it's supposed to be about. You have those teams have that opportunity. Stony Brook, go years ago in 20, 20, 2012, I remember that because I was actually in uh, playing ball in New Jersey in co- summer ball in New Jersey at college, and Stony Brook upsets LSU uh, in in the in, in Alex Box as well at that time. And again, I'm, who's ever heard of Stony Brook? Stony Brook University. Well, you, you, try, you know, you know them about, you know, them and you know after that when they beat LSU. So that's that's the beautiful part about the NCAA tournament, especially in baseball. Again, you you're starting to see that more in the college in the college basketball side, where these small schools are starting to really they're catching up. Mm-hmm. Baseball's been doing that. It's been it's it's been doing that for yeah. for a long time. Where you have small schools, like you said, Campbell, you know, jumping in Dallas Baptist, you know, they and, and it's they change NCAA is it's uh, living probably within 25, 30 minutes of, the, of of Dallas Baptist and how, you know, NCAA has kind of screwed them at times of hosting super regionals and they've been, they win their regional and they go, Oh, Hey, your stadium doesn't hold enough people for us to do a super regional. So you're going to have to go, you're going to have to go to Oregon or you're going to have to go to Washington and play or, or Stanford at times. They did, they did Stanford at one point, you know, but DBU has been a good team. That's a, that's a very good uh, program. Campbell proven really, really good program. Coastal Carolina, really good program, sticking around. Programs that are so small, they're sticking around and doing it. That's the thing about it. NCAA basketball, college basketball, those small programs don't stick around. They're one year, and we don't really see them as much, you know, make a, make a run. Baseball is not that way. If you have a good program, you'll find ta- ta- uh, talent, and you can make runs in the NCAA tournament almost every year. That's right. And then Cale uh, finally has Oklahoma State going to be tough again. Georgia's on a hot streak, too. The raging Cajuns are stacked against his favorite time of year, fellas. So, hey, it's a fun time of year there. It is that going on? It is. I, George, I, I, mean, I don't think Georgia's going to be South Carolina in the SEC tournament, though. I just don't think they they don't have the pitching. Ooh. They don't have the pitching to match. South Carolina is they they got a lot of talent on that team. They just underperformed this year, and into the standard of what uh, South Carolina baseball has done over the years, mm-hmm. they have not. They they fell off a little bit, and they had a, again tough schedule. I said that's not about it. Tough schedule, you know, and what and what you know, and what the SEC baseball. We talk about you know talk about SEC football and what the schedule is within conference schedule. SEC baseball is worse. You, I mean, eight you had eight or nine teams at one point in the top twenty-five. I mean, that's that's tough. That's hard, and you're facing these guys every week in a three-game series. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's switch it around. The Major League Baseball news here. Hey. Oh, I got a question here. It's uh, for the about the uh, about me, as we're talking Major League Baseball. The Orioles for real, Jonathan. They got the second oh, best nice. record in all of baseball. Uh, seven and three in their last ten. Winners of the last three in a row. Are we taking these birds for real? Should yeah, you should. I I, I put the top four teams uh, in the AL East. They're going to be back and forth, jockeying. You know, first place, fourth. 
again, fourth place, last place, third place. You're going to see this. They're going to be, it's a roller coaster. They're going to be all year. So they have to be for real. Blue Jays have to be for real. Yankees have to be for real. Rays have to be for real because if you don't, if you catch a slide, the other teams, as, as good as that division is, you're going to run yourself out. So they, so yeah, they're for real. This is, I mean, we, this was a good team last year. And we said they, they overachieved last year. The expectations was, is, you know, hey, they're going to put it together again. They're the year experience, another year experience with it, with young, talented players, with some veteran players mixed in, which is what you need to be a contender. And they're and they're doing it right now. So, yeah, they're for real. Uh, you have to put, the, like I said, the top three, top four teams in the AL East. They have to be for real to be able to contend. Uh, again, to there, I think three teams, uh, th- you know, four teams can realistically make the playoffs out of the AL East. I think you know the, the division winner and the three wild cards more likely can come out of that one division. So you, you're having to battle. You have to battle every week. But for the Orioles, they're good. They're, they're a good team. Like and that's, they're just they don't do anything spec like great. They don't do anything spectacular. You know, or anything. But they're put together very well. They're they're competing very well and they're winning games. I mean. My God, it's it's fun in Baltimore right now to to watch that team. Is that There's, the best? That's the best division in baseball. The AL East got to be right, yeah. top to bottom. Kelsey's AL East is ridiculous right now. Yeah, it has to be. Every team's above five hundred, and they're above yeah. five hundred by a few games. Like every team is. So yeah, it's the best division. It's not even close. What I know, you kind of said the Orioles don't do anything special, but like, is it, outside Adley Rushman, like who should we be watching or like keeping our eye on? It's like. That's a guy we need to be uh, careful about. That's the that's the interesting part is like you can't really name a lot of guys on that team. Right. Except Rushman and Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, we know we know Cedric Mullins because he had a really good year a few years ago, and he was with the WBC with Team USA uh, early in spring. But he kind of you know he kind of had a little bit of a trickle off last year. He wasn't he wasn't what they expected him to be last year. And if and if he was, they probably they probably made the postseason last year. But Mullins is a—he's a former All-Star player. He's a really talented ball player, uh, and I think he's got—he's got a key piece. He's got to be the key piece to go with Rushman to give him that star power. Because that's what you need—you need more stars to really kind of get yourself going and and really be able to elevate that team. Rushman's doing it. Rushman's for real. That that kid is absolutely a stud behind the plate. He's and he's got the the respect of veterans. And if you're that young, and this is your first full season in the big leagues, really, and you're that young and be able to do what you're doing with the respect of the veterans, hats off to you. That's amazing. So that's a huge. I mean, for we saw we saw what a kid who's a catcher come in and absolutely just elevate the franchise to another level. We saw that with Buster Posey with the Giants and what Joe Mauer to an extent a little bit. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer's another one, but Posey Posey was a piece that when they added him and he got, he got himself supplanted with the team and, and the veterans loved him. They went and won world series titles, you know, three times, you know, that was, a, that was a huge factor for the, for that franchise. Joe Mowers, you said it was the same thing. He elevated the franchise different, you know, hopefully Rushman has a career similar to Posey where they built in, they were able to compete for championships. Mauer, sadly, you know, he handful of times that he was in a postseason, just never, never gave him the opportunity to go and compete. And then they had some, a lot of down years, but that's a huge boost to your franchise. You have a stud catcher that you can, that is a, that is going to be supplanted. And it's only a matter of when do they want to try to lock him up long-term 10, 12 years down the road, he's going to be in Baltimore for that. If, you know, they, if they do it right, 
that's a huge piece that you just locked in for your franchise. Throw in Cedric Mullins, who's a young again. He's a, he's a guy that you need to have. So again, Mullins has got to be the one that they need to help the Rushman out, be able to do what they need to compete with the Yankees and Blue Jays and and uh, Rays in that division. Yeah, I was going to say Rushman's here. Stats right now: 170 at bats, uh, yet 23 runs, 46 hits. 38 walks leads the team, which is the most impressive stat. 30 strikeouts uh, right there. Leads the team in OBS of uh, 400 there. Uh, the other guy that actually Scott just co- commented on too, Ryan Mountcastle could be a superstar in the making. Uh, Santander as well. Uh, looking at Ryan Mountcastle, I was just thinking him. 194 at bats leads the team there. 29 runs leads the team there. Uh, 10 home runs leads the team there. Uh, still, he has 48 strikeouts, 8 walks. Could be better, could be more patient as well going in there. Still with 30, 34 rubies, uh, 31. Like uh, this, this guy is still, I think, going to be a very important piece to this Orioles team at first base. And I think he also DHs at times. So, uh, you know, this is a guy I, I like a lot too. Yeah. I mean, I got to watch them play, uh, when they played the Braves in Atlanta a few weeks ago. I mean, the, the, I was impressed, I was very impressed. Pitching is going to be, they, they, I think they need to add pitching though. They're going to need to add a couple pitchers, at least one starting pitcher, maybe two, maybe an arm in, in the bullpen to really get themselves the opportunity in that division. But offensively, I mean, you said Mountcastle was impressed. Santander hit a few balls that were just monster shots against the, Bra- uh, against the Braves. They did a lot of things that you just sit there and go, like, that's really good. Like I said they're, just, they're, not, they're not an elite team. Not yet, which is scary because I, I, they're not even scratching the surface of their full potential. So I think 2024. I know we're in 2023. We're still 2023, and they're and they're competing right now. But can you imagine what this team, if they continue to develop these guys, and they maybe add a piece or two to this team to really get them there? What that could do for this team, where they they're basically the next Tampa Bay Rays, you know, for the yeah. next you know couple of years. I mean that that's that could be one of the they could be the best team in baseball in a, in a year or two down the road as they add pieces. And that's, that's pretty scary because that division is still, is so top heavy. And, it, and it's, I say top heavy because, you know, but again, one through five, all five teams above 500. And with the, with the schedule change being what it is, where you're playing the division less, they're going to beat up on teams so much. Like you may have the last place, the fifth place team in that division close to 90 wins. Hmm. Right now that would be the blue Jays. They're dead last. The blue Jays, yeah. I said, you'll see one week it'll be the Blue Jays right now, and then next week you might see the Yankees back in last place, and you might see the Red Sox back in last place. You might like they're going to all jockey one you know, uh, in that division for a long, like all throughout the summer. I mean, I, I can only imagine what the record is for most changes, like in in the division altogether would be. You're going to see and have like, does the last place team in June still be like be the first place team when was the last time that something happened in the division or even go to august or, or september where right. a last place team just jumps up uh, into to first place i think you're going to see that with this division and we almost saw it last year too yeah. with that uh yeah. kale says brandon hyde's proven his worth there and gunner henderson's hitting the learning curve pretty hard leads the team with 49 strikeouts batting uh 192 right now uh 331 obs but 130 at bats, man, and you're seeing your 49 strikeouts, 26 walks, uh, only uh, you know 24 runs on your like. You're not putting your team in great position, so yeah, I agree with that learning, learning curve pretty hard right there. 
Yeah, it, and that's that's tough I mean, for a young guy like him. That, that's 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 a tough position to be in, especially as you see as your your team is as your team is winning, your team is succeeding. You want to do something to help that team, help your team. And so, yeah, he's he's learning. He's learning on the fly right now, and that's and that's why he's there, though. It's you're getting the experience, you're getting the opportunity. How quickly does it does it that you get the grasp of it? That's that's what they're trying to figure out right now is how quick can he make the adjustments? And that's the hard part when you go to the minors, to the big leagues. Everybody adjusts faster. Yes. How do you respond to that as well? How you know can you can you match? You know, they're not nobody's expecting you to, to make an adjustment faster than the guys you're competing with but can you match them that's what the young guys that, that struggle at times they don't make the adjustments quick enough they're trying to see how quickly can you make the adjustment to get yourself in the right direction right now correct correct let's talk about this uh astros team nine and one uh get the big win against milwaukee today or not <laughs> what I or said not, not. <laughs> <laughs> look this Astros team has come alive here this last a little bit here. You know, they swept the Cubs, uh, swept Oakland, possibly. You, you know, take with, shots at the Cubs. What? I said, why you got to take shots at the Cubs? We could have oh, just, just had to make sure. I just had to make sure. I, I didn't talk about the White Sox series beforehand. I yeah. just want to make sure we start with the Cubs oh, and dang. then we'll move on from there. So <laughs> swept the Cubs, swept Oakland uh, with the Brewers right now. Their pitching situation, four other best five are on the IL right now. So you're getting a bunch of young guys coming up to play. I mean, you're, you're talking about possibly, what, three series in a row you could be sweeping. Now you go to Oakland. You could be finished out the month of May with, uh, you know, possibly we got Minnesota after that. You could possibly finish out the rest of May with like a, a what, a 15-game win streak. They're so, at eight now. They've won eight in their last eight right now. Yeah, yeah, they're nine and one in the last ten. So eight, eight, no, the last eight. Uh, but you got, again, a hurt Milwaukee team. Uh, I don't, I don't know who's coming up for pitching the last, next few days, but we'll have to check that out. But I mean, four out of their five starters are on IL now, as of today, Oakland, we all know how Oakland is. Minnesota hasn't been the prettiest against competitive teams. So, I mean, you could be finishing out the rest of May here with a, a pretty, pretty good, uh, you know, win streak here, but what's your thoughts on this Astros team? This is what everybody was afraid of. Exactly. Like, I mean, this is exactly what we were, everybody was afraid of. Like we knew. Like the the talk at the beginning of the season, well, the Astros are not themselves. They're still the Astros, though. Mm-hmm. They are this still says good. otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah. Until they're still otherwise. really good. I mean, like if they were if they were you know struggling like how they were beginning of the season and it was and it was the end of June. Okay, we have a different conversation. I didn't buy stock into to the struggles of the Astros back in uh in in April because. They weren't healthy still. Altuve hadn't played until just recently. They, they, they've lost some pieces here and there at times. What happens when they get all their guys back? And I know they, they've lost they lost Christian Javier to Tommy John uh, a, a couple weeks ago, I believe it was, which is, it hurts the depth of the pitching staff, but they still are deep. They're still very deep. You know, that was the, that was the thing. Like their depth in the pitching is there. The offensive side of the, uh, uh, of the batting order is there. And they're waiting for Altuve to come back. And when you get him back, what's this? I mean, you get your leader back. What is this going to do to the team? Well, it's going to put them in a, it's going to put them on a high, and we're going to see them go on a run. And that's what we're doing right now. So this was what we were afraid of. We, we everybody kind of was like was expecting this to happen. It was just a matter of when. And right on cue, Altuve comes back. They figured it out a little bit more as they can. They were figuring out pre-Altuve coming back. 
he throws throw him back in there now, and it's it's like they it's like riding a bike for them, you know. So yeah, this is not a shocker. And, and I, I said to uh, to you know the guys on Tuesday the show that I'm with Alan and, and uh, Scott Coben all them and everything was the Rangers missed a chance where they can pull away for a little bit because they knew again that you had the uh, Astros on your heels. It was you know three five game lead over the Astros was not enough. Not at this point of the season. You should have done something a little bit more. Be eight games. Put yourself in an eight-game lead early on if you could have. You know, three-game lead was nothing to the Astros. That's what they wanted because they knew, again, when they got Altuve back, when they get some guys back in the lineup, three-game lead will go away in a week. And so far it has. That's right. I want to ask you about uh, your favorite New York Mets team. They're hot right now. They've won five in a row. Hold on, Nick. Hold on, Nick. We got a comment here from Kale. Okay. Astros got two hitters over 300 without Altuve. Uh, right now, that is Marcio Dubon, the second baseman there. And then uh, I believe he just went down today, but it would have been Jordan Alvarez, the left outfielder. So, uh, you know, it's it's impressive still. Like this team's just continuing on without Altuve the way it is. So, now, sorry, I wanted to hit that comment before we moved on. Oh yeah. So last question here before we get out of here. Uh the Mets, your favorite team. They they've won five in a row. Scherzer's back. Uh, you know, uh, back. Back. like hey, are the Mets turning this thing around and uh they're gonna be who we kind of maybe thought. I know you were very low on them, but are they turning this thing around a little bit now with their uh 80 year old pitchers? I mean, this is the time for them to, and again, talking about uh, a team that has opportunities. Braves are talking about injured team with the Astros. The Braves are, are that right now. You have your, you know, Braves are down with Freed and Wright out for a, a good while. So this is the time for the, for the Mets to make some ground up, make, get yourself competitive in this division because the Braves are struggling right now. You know, they lost, they just lost tonight to the Dodgers. Uh, they've been struggling against teams that are, uh, you know, a, a contending type team that we've seen throughout the year. They, you know, lose the, uh, tonight to the Dodgers. They've struggled with the Astros early on. Uh, you know, so the, you've, you had teams where you're, you're trying to measure yourself as one of the best Braves have struggled. So it, this, this, this is the time of the schedule that the Braves have that the Mets need to take advantage of to kind of cut that lead down a little bit and make your, get some ground, get some, get some positive momentum going to where you can close that gap with Atlanta and the Mets are doing it right now. Does it change a lot of the things that I've seen about this team as far as like their offense or pitching? We know Verlander's a good pitcher. We know Scherz is a good pitcher in the beginning of the season. We remember though, and I said this a couple of times on, on Tuesdays, Verlander struggled. He was not the same pitcher in the postseason uh, last year. He struggled in October. He struggled in the World Series. He was not the same. Scherzer's the same. Scherzer was the same way with the Dodgers. He struggled two years ago in 2021 against the Braves in the NLCS. He was not the same pitcher as the season went on. He got they got a, they, they're older pitchers and they're mm-hmm. you know in their 40s. Mm-hmm. They fell apart towards when the season kind of when it got it was just that long part of the season and drawn out to the you know, to the postseason. They weren't the same. So is I, I know nothing's telling me that those it's going to be anything different. I don't think they found the fountain of youth yet. So. Am I am I scared of the Mets right now? No, I, I'm still not scared of the Mets. I, they have a lot of holes in their on their uh, on their lineup still. They don't drive in runs as consistently unless you're Pete Alonso. They're, they're, the rest of the guys, like I said, there's a lot of inconsistency, 
And as good as Atlanta's offense is, you can't be inconsistent against them. That's just not me. So it, it, this is the time for the mess to kind of figure it out with the Braves injured and reeling a little bit. I just don't think the long-term success is there for them. They're going to struggle and they're going to continue at times. They're, they're, they're very streaky. We saw it. They were struggling. They had a very bad stretch against the Tigers and Reds at one point. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to win some games. They'll have another bad stretch at one point. Then they'll well, win it's baseball games. though. I mean, everybody kind of has. It is, but you don't do that to the Reds and Tigers. You don't, you, you, you don't do that to them. You can do that. Like Braves right now, you can do it to the Dodgers. You can do it to the Astros. When you play them, you can have those moments where you struggle at times. But when you play against a last place team, or you uh, like the Reds, or you play a team that hasn't done anything that wasn't planning to do anything this year, in the Tigers, you don't lose those series. You can't, and that's the part where that I, I look at it says which 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 real team is the Mets, the ones who played those two teams and lost the series, or the ones what they're doing right now. That's what we're going to be determining as we're getting through June and July. If they're continuing that stretch where they lose teams they shouldn't lose to in July. No, that this is not a team that's gonna that's gonna catch the Braves, when, especially as Freed. When Max, I don't think Kyle Wright's coming back this season. Max Freed will. You get your ace back, along with Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton, both pitching well right now. If you Braves still have a lead at that point with the event, when Freed comes back, they, they're not gonna catch him. Not, not this year. The Braves, that Braves have it in their mind. They like we've caught the Mets twice, back to back years when we were down double digit lead in the division. They're not gonna let that happen to them. Because they know it will happen if they let it, if they if they just coast. So that the 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 self awareness is, is there in Atlanta. It wasn't there the last two years with the Mets. So I'm not buying it right now. I'm just I, this is the time for the Mets to, to make that run. But long term success, I don't see it. I'm kind of. I mean, it's inconsistent all the way around in this in L. East, anyways. Miami, Philly. I mean, both of them have touched second place as well it, in this division. I got to say this before we get out of here, too. Here come the fucking Cardinals. By genius. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, here they come, Jonathan. They just took three out of four from the Dodgers. They're seven and three, their last 10. They bench my guy, Willie, and what's he do? He fires right back, and he's got him playing well. He's playing well. That's what they got. got. You know what? That's what they get for disrespecting Willie, but now I'm glad that he's playing well. But damn it, like – I hate the Cardinals. What this is we we know this is it's in their pedigree to turn this thing around. They're going to win this division. Here like they come. It, it, the, here they come. Here they come. It's well, like I said, uh, it, it's really in spite. It's they're, they're doing this in spite of the issues that happened to Will, Wilson Contreras. It, I, that's how I, that's how I view it. I mean, again, they're two good. Like, you have Goldschmidt and Arenado and Contreras. All three could be MVP candidates. And they have been MVP candidates at some point in their careers. You have a lot of young, talented players. I mean, like, it's a, it was going to they, they they couldn't they couldn't be this down of a team. And I, I've been down on them, and I've and I've said I, I mean I've said Marmel may get fired at here during the season. I, I I could see it. I don't think it will actually happen just because that's not the Cardinals' way. I could see. I've said I could see them just absolutely tanking this season just because they're just so fed up with the front office and Marmel himself. Too but the talented thing, to the, take. The, profession, the, the professionalism kicks in with Goldschmidt and Arenado and Contreras to be like, screw all that. We're going to go play ball. We are a good team. We're going to go show it. We're going to go prove it. We're going to stick out, have a middle finger up to those who, you know, to the front office that try to create bullshit on us. And we're going to go and win ball games and get ourselves back in this division, potentially win the division. 
I think yeah, so. I think they're going to. to lose. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 it is right now, but I think it's the Cardinals are still here. They come. Like they're. It's going to happen. Like you. You said it. Like Willie is fired up. They got Ornato and Goldschmidt. Like that's that. It's, their it's team the is perfect time though. And the Cardinals should have known. It takes a while for a new catcher and a new pitching staff to mesh. And they just wanted to pump it all on Willie. It was all Willie Contreras' fault. That's why the team was atrocious for the first month of the season. Well, by God, give the kid his flowers right now, will you? Because he's they're turning it around, and he's been the catalyst. You know, I'm tired of all these Cardinal fans. Uh, you know, some of them are coming around now, but they're for like the last month. Oh, we made a mistake. A stupid cub. We signed a stupid cub. He's, a, he's an awful catcher. Blah, 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 blah. He doesn't know how to handle a pitching staff. Get out of here. Give him time. Give him time. It takes time. Patience. It's a marathon, folks. Well, you know what? I, I actually think, if you remember correctly, because I think there was the interview that Jack Flaherty gave, and it almost sounded like he threw Contreras under the bus. They, yeah. That, that's where it started. That's where it started a lot of, like, that Contreras and, and Flaherty weren't on the same page, that was, he wasn't on the same page with the pitching staff. You know, I, it was indirectly – uh, uh, you know, throwing Contreras under the bus. He didn't really, he didn't mention Contreras' name, but there was a lot of disconnect with Flaherty. It, it was it, as a while back as it was that something wasn't right. So that, that's what stirred it up. And I and I think uh, and I agree with you. The Cardinals fans took Flaherty's side and be like, "Well, this has got to be Contreras' fault." How, how you going to blame the catcher for the pitcher struggles? The pitchers are the ones who, I mean, again, they're calling the pitchers. And it, it was actually, I don't know if y'all saw recently, A.J. Pierzynski, uh, you know, he made a comment about this and uh, on a show last week. And he goes, how is it my fault? You're throwing the ball. You want to call the pitch? By all means, here, you let me know what the pitch what you want to throw. I'll put the finger down. And guess what? When you release it and they hit it 500 feet, that's not my fault. That is your fault. And that was that's, a great comment by and, him. Oh, I love it. I love, I love AJ. I've loved AJ for a long time just because, again, he's one of those guys who will he, he will speak his mind. And he that, was, uh, I think today was the anniversary of him getting socked in the face by uh, Barrett. In, uh, Barrett. Yeah, yeah, in the Sox, White Cub Sox. It just had, it was like the anniversary just like this week, like either today or like this past weekend. It came across right. my timeline. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he spoke the truth, though. He spoke the truth. Like, that's what's going on in baseball now. Catchers, you get catch. It used to be the catchers call the games. It's not that way anymore. Mm-mm. Pitchers call the games more now than they ever have before. So, ask the question again: Why is it Wilson Contreras' fault that the pitching staff's not responding to him when he's probably not calling as the games as much anymore? It's it's got it's it's coming from the pitchers. So again, Flaherty, those guys, they're throwing the pitches. They're going a long way. Why is that on Wilson? So it made no sense. It, it really didn't make a lot of sense to me that Contreras was the scapegoat. And, and I think it, it by Cubs, by Cardinals fans, it's just as you probably kind of in a way, as you said, emotionally, Nick, he's a former Cub. It's very easy to blame a player who came from your rival and wasn't really your first choice because the loyalty of the Cardinals fans have to Yadier Molina. And yeah, they, they, they've had – you know, pitching or catching greatness for the last 20 years. And right. I mean, while Willie's great, he, I, I mean, I, by all means, he's no Yachty, especially behind the plate. Like, you know, right. he's, he's yeah. above and beyond him uh, at the plate, but behind the plate, uh, you know, there's not very many people that ever picked up a baseball. That's as good as Yachty Molina behind the plate. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Again, like I said, I think it's the the emotional side of replacing Yachty and then it being a former Cub. Because uh, I think because the Cardinals wanted Sean Murphy at one point too. I think if Sean Murphy was it was traded to St. Louis instead of Atlanta, I don't think I don't think Cardinals fans have the same fire to blame the catcher for the pitching struggles. I think that's the emotional side of that is Wilson Contreras, who came from Chicago, their rival. He's also full out vet. Yes. So you can blame um, the old, older guy. Yeah. So and that's and that's poor. That's poor decision making on fans and and even poor decision making on the Cardinals front office for even even uh, fueling it by doing what they did, throwing him under the bus, saying we're going to move him to the outfield. You're yeah. not. You are never going to move Wilson Contreras to the outfield. Never we're going to do that. Yeah. Why would that even be? Why was that even a thought? Why was that even? What was like? Why was that even printed? You know, for uh, for for anybody to read, so that you had to you had to play you, you had to basically go you know self control and, and and really and really save yourself at a marketing and PR standpoint made no sense and they 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 corrected it as fast as they could like oh we're just giving him some time we're you know kind of reassess let him DH let him kind of you know that you know digest everything slow things down and then we're gonna put him back behind the plate because that's what we want him to be he's a catcher no shit. You, no shit. You paid him that much money to be the replacement to Yachty, not to go be the replacement to Harrison Bader in the outfield that you traded to the Yankees. You hey. brought him. You brought him in to 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 replace to Yadier Molina. Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> Gail says, "All done to deflect the blame from all Ollie." Yep. Yep. But see that, that in a way, but the front office doesn't even want Ollie Marmol though. The front right. office, yeah. they, they don't want him either. They're ready to fire him. They just don't know when they want to do it. If they want to wait to the end of the season to do it, or do it if, if they've fallen off even more, then do it. Do it midseason. He's they're saving him for the entire season. By the way, they're playing right now. More likely that decision will be at the end of the season. I don't. But, I don't think at the trade deadline that I could see the front office not making any real moves. So like they can say, well, you know, they can fire him. You know what I mean? Like they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna help him. No, they can sell a little bit though. You you can find a player to sell. You just again, yeah. you know, Tyler O'Neill. There's already an issue with Tyler O'Neill and, and Wally Marmol. There were some issues, and, and if you're it, it, just to just to kind of well, not maybe not O'Neill, just because the the spat that he and uh, Marmol had earlier this year, you might find somebody else and just sell to get a little piece here and there, and say, all right, look, do your job. If you make it to the postseason, great. If you win the World Series, you're, you'll stay. But if you don't make it to the World Series, you're done. We'll, we'll move, we're moving on, and we got Yachty. We got Yachty's contract already written up to be the manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Jonathan, what you got coming up this weekend, dude? Man, I am finally again. I told you I was gonna be hyped up about this week. I am finally being back on the ball field to coach my coach this weekend. My 16U team is in action for the first time this summer. Uh, I'm excited to be back with those girls and be able to play. Uh, have them play this weekend. Uh, and I get to be the head coach. Uh, I, get to, I get to step in, uh, in, the, in the head coaching role. Uh, finally, it's been a long spring out for me, so I get to I get to actually do my job that I love to do. Uh, so I have that. I'm, I'm getting everything kind of prepared and ready for that. We have our younger 14U teams in action as well this weekend. Uh, our 12U teams in action this weekend again. Uh, so we're getting we're we're heading full full steam ahead right now. All the teams in Alpha are act, are active now. All seven teams. Uh, so we're we're really rolling now with that. Uh, 
so I'm kind of getting things situated with that this weekend because I know next weekend I'll be on the road. I'll be we'll, uh, my ATU team next weekend is going to be in a showcase. So nice. everything I'm doing, preparing right now, uh, getting things ready for the summer, uh, getting ready for the, my my team, uh, my 16U team getting going, and then I know it's going to be very busy uh, the rest of the way from here on out. So I'm excited. I told you guys I'm hyped up. I'm going to be hyped. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to see my girls play. Uh, play again. And see the growth that they've been able to achieve this this spring, and win, even during the winter last uh, this past winter, uh, I'm I'm ready. I am so ready to be able to go out there and be on the field again. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, Kale. Later, later, man. Thank you for tuning in and commenting, Jonathan. It's been a blast having you on Buffoon and Bakins for a year now. So excited to see what comes of it starting in June 5th, man. Excited to get you uh, on a on the on the bigger show that's about to drop here in a couple weeks man like i said I, i'm i'm hyped for y'all i'm hyped for it i can't wait to see everything uh how, how it turns out and how it, uh how, how things get rolling from there and uh the first that first show i'll, I'll be looking forward to it and, and ready uh ready to hop on to you guys and, and be part of the new the new chapter with y'all awesome man hey i'll be in Good contact we'll, we'll get it all set up sounds good guys hey best of luck to you guys this weekend jonathan kick some ass out there oh you know we will guys appreciate it take care of him. see right. you jonathan see y'all Jonathan Gershman, Alpha Performance. Awesome. Awesome stuff there. Uh, by the way, it looks like it is the end of the fourth. The Nuggets have won. Oh, they did. 111. Uh, blocked. Uh, LeBron had the game-winning layup there. It was blocked by Aaron Gordon, and uh, they just couldn't quite get it back up there. So, the Ooh. Nuggets. And the Panthers won. And so, the Panthers won. 3-0. Wow. Wow. Is this the sweep? Is this official sweep now? For the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's over. Wow. Look at that, guys. It's insane. LeBron finished with 40 uh, for the game. Couldn't ask for anything else. Davis with 21 21 and 14. Braun with 40 and 10 and 9 assists as well. On the other side of there, Joker with 30 points, 14 boards, and 13 assists. Another Triple, triple double. double and Jamal Murray out there with 25 points, uh, three boards, five assists, two steals as well. So look, if it just, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything else. Like we talked about, you just ran into a brick wall, LeBron and eight AD or mainly LeBron. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just what happened. Aaron Gordon, a huge game 22 for Aaron Gordon. I saw that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Six and five there in yeah. 40 minutes. So they put, I mean, all of these guys played heavy minutes today. Only two bench players were used for the Nuggets, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Three for the Lakers, Russell, Tristan, and Lonnie. And, he, I mean, it was just they, – they went all out. Each team gave it their all. Denver wanted to finish it. Lakers were trying to stay, stay alive there. So, 113-111, final score, Denver Nuggets. 40. LeBron, 40-pointer, and he's 40 four, damn near 40 years old. And- 40 and 10 today. Yeah. Uh, and nine – was it nine assists, I think it was, I just said. Yeah, so, nine assists. Yeah, yeah. Nine Almost assists. he was one assist a shot of a triple double too. Like you can't ask for anything more. That's what you want to go out on. Like if you're gonna go out, that's how you go out with the best you can, you know. And it, like you said, you're on the brick wall. I, I want to say this before we get out of here. Get get this. If the Heat win tomorrow, there's nine damn days till we have basketball again. That's so stupid. Nine so days. Stupid. I mean, as long as we don't start till the first, that's okay, I guess. I mean, well, still, that's, that's, a, that's a long time. It is. That's such a long time. I've it's never a, understood the NBA schedule. 
Well, I play. Well, I don't understand it either. I get. I mean, I guess this part is set in stone. But I would be calling everybody and anybody and be like, "We got to move this shit up." Like if this if this finally does it, like tell me we're not doing nine days off to start a final. If the if the Heat win today, tomorrow night, that's Tuesday. Why are you not playing? Why not have game one on Sunday? Yeah, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something on the weekend. I would say sun to me Sunday, Sunday or even Monday. You know what I mean? Sunday or Monday. Nine days. Memorial night. Like that'd be huge. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Right before holiday ends, you go late night, you know, eight start eight central. Yeah. Or something like that. Even seven, you know, seven o'clock, eight Eastern, whatever. But yeah. What? What? Nine. We got to wait nine days. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't get it. Everybody. Thank you for tuning in with us for this past year. We appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Botkins over here. Appreciate you joining the show with me starting this a year ago. It's blast doing this with you excited for our future adventure starting here in a couple of weeks uh really excited to get that going so it's only up from here guys it's not the end we'll see you later so everybody have a fabulous week we'll have a fabulous weekend as well through the holiday week we'll catch you june 5th here uh make sure you guys hit that bell subscribe and like as you'll see our updates coming in so have a great week we'll catch you guys later see y'all